This is a special edition of Guest X Podcast coming to you from Malaga, Spain, and broadcasting from the Vitor Living Experience, where we will be talking to some of the leading hospitality experts in the European market. Okay. Hey, Brian. I'm excited about this. So day two here at the Tour Summit. So we've got Tess Brown, who's the business operations manager here for Beyond Pricing. The, our U.S. listeners will know them very, very well. I think probably the leading yield management and pricing tool, uh, certainly in the U.S. But you're out of Barcelona? Yes, based out of Barcelona. We yes. have a team of about 20 there now, which is wow. super exciting. That is great. Yeah. And so as the business operations manager, are you responsible for just Spain or do you have some of the other EU countries? Yeah, so, so we're focused. global in EMEA. Our headquarters are just in Barcelona, but we have hired people all over Europe to service different countries, markets, you know, localizing in French or Italian or whatever yeah. it may be. So I handle all the back-end operations side of things to make sure that our front-end teams have what they need to go out and get our product to market. Very impressive. Yeah, and just for, for our listeners, if you're, you know, Tess is American. It really threw me off for a bit when she sat down. <laughs> but it, it's great. It's someone, uh, someone, you know, I, as someone who does like it, he's home. That's yeah. right. Well, <laughs> we, I keep being made fun of because I feel like I'm the only person who, it's not that I don't speak two languages, which I don't. You know, most of the people we talk to, Brian speaks four. Yeah. How many do you speak? That's well, I speak one, but the rest of my team puts me to shame because they speak six okay, each. Right? And so, so, yeah. no, so there's there one. Go. I know. I, I'm leaving because I told Brian, I'm yeah. leaving this conference feeling like I need to go accomplish something in life. I know. All these people speak, yeah, all these languages. So We can we can easily learn more languages. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I really want to dive into today is how to monetize guest experiments. Mm. We do a really good job of monetizing understanding revenue management, yield management for the rentals, but how do we go beyond that? What's your what is your take on it and, and where do you see that in the future? It's a great question. Um, and a super interesting problem to solve, but one that is unique to short-term rentals. Every single property is unique. You know, we call them snowflakes. So your rental that could be a carbon copy of the one next door might have a different sofa or a slightly different ocean view or a hot tub. So all those different types of things contribute to guest experience. So when we're talking about pricing and pricing dynamically and pricing with the market, we have to make sure that we are pricing those amenities appropriately. So something that we do at Beyond is make sure that your pricing is set correctly for your specific unit. We don't want to say, okay, you have a one-bedroom apartment here in Malaga. It's going to be the exact same as all other one-bedroom apartments in Malaga. It's not like a hotel. Um, instead, you look for those amenities, you change the guest experience, whether it be location, the specific properties, features, or you know proximity to other guest experience things, and then change the pricing from there to make sure that it's priced appropriately for that property. So it's, it's if I'm hearing you, so it's really about building the correct comp set, right? And so give our listeners a little bit of an insight into where beyond is in that, you know, it's obviously a progress, right? You, you know, you, you start with a certain comp set and then as your technology continues to evolve and obviously you guys have a, a, a strong tech team that's constantly bu building new features. I'm guessing that the ability to kind of drill even further down in that comp set is something you guys continue to evolve. Yes, exactly. And it's, for us, it's actually less about comp sets because for some properties, okay. there are no comp sets. Mm. You know, if you have a beautiful villa in the middle of Tuscany on a vineyard, 
there probably isn't another one out there. So instead of looking at comps, we look at occupancy within the marketplace. So somebody that's in the market for a villa in Tuscany, they are going to look at all available villas, but each one is going to be unique and different. So instead of looking at comps, we want to understand, okay, is Tuscany Villas booked 40% for this year and you're in that 60% that's unbooked? Where does your pricing need to be to make sure that you get booked? So, you know, comps, that's something that it's... I, want, I don't want to say archaic, but it's a little bit outdated. And so instead, you want to look at how are you progressing? What is your booking pace? Are you happy with your average daily rate, your ADR? Are you happy with your occupancy compared to the market? And if you can get that sweet spot of finding the correct average daily rate, the correct occupancy, that's going to lead to more revenue. Different times of year, it's going to be different balances. And that's something Beyond Pricing does for you. So we have the most data available of any revenue management software out there. So we're going to look at all that, easily digest it, and then spit it back out to you and say, okay, make this little micro tweak on your Tuscany villa. Keep your you know, property in France the same because you're doing well compared to the market. And then from there, make those adjustments. So are you guys using a majority tech? Is it tech-enabled? Like, are you using a lot of technology to derive that price? Or is it a mixture of tech and people? Do you see full automation coming for that? Uh, or is it going to be a mixture or a real mixture? It's a real mixture. So we obviously have our algorithm, which is super, super powerful, and we're continuing to improve that. So we have a whole team of revenue managers. We have ones here here based in Europe, and then we have ones based in the U.S. But at the end of the day, because these properties are so unique, I don't see the human element going away. And so that's why you know, we think that having a super great customer experience team that knows each market individually, and then, of course, the property manager. At the end of the day, they're the ones that know these properties inside and out. And if they say, hey, you know what, this needs to be priced cheaper or more expensive, they get to make that final call. So this is one of those instances, Matt, where we talk about technology, right? And not being able to get rid of the human interaction, human experience, because there's no way that technology can replace some of the you know, nuances that a property is going to have. It's not going to pick up, you know, it has a really nice so far. It's going to be able to tell that it's got a different type of view. And we were speaking earlier about this. At what point do we say it's enough of technology? We actually have to have human interaction. Yeah. I think yeah, I, th- I found the answer really refreshing. It was not what I was expecting. <laughs> really? Well, I, because I think a lot of people in pricing have come. Hotels, obviously, you know, are, are fully automated. Fully automated. Yeah. And, and they're, they're further there's ahead. there's a reason behind that. Absolutely, but I think that for, and maybe this was early on when pricing, I think, was coming to this market, there was still that, I think, you know, there was, you would hear from people, oh, I think we'll get there, right? And I think, but but I, what was, I think, refreshing was, look, our, our tech's going to continue to get better, what I heard, and kind of playing my words, to make our human element more and more efficient. And we talk about that from a guest experience standpoint, which is the tech makes the human element look easy and seamless mm-hmm. when you know and 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 you know you can do more with one person but i, but think, I, I think it is important to realize that these are unique properties yeah, I think, that authenticity I, and it's the data and you love mm-hmm. data i yep. mean you're a data guy it's the data that's driving the decision and the pricing yes which is what makes it interesting for me because we don't in guest experience we don't have good data Mm-hmm. We don't understand the data that we're receiving, and then we don't know what to do with the data once we have understood what we have in front of us and start to implement it. So, 
you know, it'd be interesting to start get, gathering more data beyond just the unit price yeah. and what else is valuable. Yeah. Like, what else does your unit offer and how do you start to increase the amenities? The, yeah. yeah. It's all about the amenities. How do you there's only it? so yeah. much that you can do pricing a unit by itself. Mm-hmm. I think we're missing out on revenue that can be produced, or additional revenue that can be produced through amenities, monetizing that. Yeah. And, well, and, and then, too, it would help because then property managers can make decisions on which amenities do I want to add. You know, we were talking yesterday, you know, how well would Acacia Rental do if you had a Peloton room, right? Mm-hmm. You had a tread and a bike. Like, there's real value there, I think. And yeah. I don't know if it would show up. I mean, Beyond could probably then tell you it's showing up in occupancy or it's showing up in ADR and a mixture. But the, the other thing I liked about what Tess said is, you know, the goals of property owners are different, right? Yeah. Some, some owners don't want their property to be occupied. 280 nights a year or if it is it needs to be at a max price they're comfortable you know because they plan on maybe retiring in that property Mm -hmm. someday and and so you've got to give to your point give them the data and then let them use that to say okay this is what we want to try to drive this is more important to us we're okay if we can't get you know three hundred dollars a night we'd rather it sit empty right and that's okay Exactly. And you have to think about the owner, too, at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Property manager's portfolio could be, you know, purely just investment properties where they want to fill it up. They want to get as much as they can from it. Other people, like you said, it could be their retirement home or their their family home that they've inherited. And that's very important to them. And so, you know, that kind of thing, like you can't put a price on emotion and experience. And, you know, I know just from my family experience traveling you make great memories in these houses and places and that contributes to price. You know, I would be willing to pay so much more to relive those memories as a child than, you know, just staying in a generic house that has no connection to emotion. And so I would love to automate myself out of a job and have perfect technology. But at the end of the day, we're just not going to be able to do that because each individual property is so unique and each individual goal is so unique. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's fascinating to talk about the different styles of management different styles of, of because it, it trickles down right if you're a property manager and you're a professional your portfolio represents your owners and that's a business style so i do more family style a little bit higher end vacation rentals in the orlando market we're testing guest experience but i'm really trying to cater to a good guest experience for families mm-hmm. whereas my competitors might be catering more to the professional. And so their inventory is completely different in the same exact market. We're attracting two different types of owners. We have to know how to talk to those owners, even though we're in the same exact profession. Yeah. Yeah. We talk a lot about managing owner expectations is almost as important as managing guest expectations. And and I think that is really important and down to the pricing, right? And being able to show, you know, for people who are using like beyond that tool, being able to use that also to show the owners why you're making certain decisions helps them understand. And really, in the end, that's why they're giving this, this you know, very valuable asset to somebody else to manage because they don't have all these tools and they don't know kind of how to do that. So They're expecting you to represent the property the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even companies like Beyond need to look back at or look back at the property manager for advice on what's valuable within the property. Yeah. Now, I mean... I have an example. My brother would probably rent, if you have two units side by side, 
would rent one unit that doesn't look as nice because it's got a set of surfboards in the house mm. <laughs> versus the house that's just next door with no surfboards. Yeah. And it's those type of things that add value to the home yeah. that Beyond might not be picking up on. And you've just got to know and tweak from yeah. there. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. we would be able to see it because, you know, that would contribute in a booking, which to us is a positive indicator that it works, the price could go higher, yep. that yep. kind of thing. But I love that idea that you mentioned about servicing the customer's customer. And for us, there's a common misconception that it's only the guest. In fact, every single conversation we have at Beyond is our customer's customer is an owner. And if the owners aren't happy, that means the property manager's not happy, and that means we're not happy. <laughs> so it's sort of that trickle-down effect of you have the surfboards in your property, that's going to contribute to a booking. And we're going to see that in that positive reflection of that property being booked and then be able to change pricing from there. So I know, you know, we keep saying, oh, it's this lumped in price overall, yeah. but those amenities are contributing to positive results, which are bookings at the end of the day. Right, absolutely. And and I think sometimes property managers don't do a great job, and it's tough sometimes, of being their own cheerleader. You know, a, a tool like Beyond can be used to show your owners, hey, here's how we're doing versus the market, right? Mm -hmm. And it maybe or if you're underperforming, you know, maybe it's saying, hey, we're underperforming, but it's because we've kind of set this price limit, you know, of X. Yeah. And, le and the owner can say, yep, no, I'm good with that. And I get it. And, you know, it gives you that a little bit of third party. I mean, I I'm certainly not on your side, Brian, but, you know, it's nice to be able to just show, hey, this is a group that like, you know, it's not me telling you, let me show you what the data says. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful. So, you know, as we wrap up, Ted, tell us a little about just, I think some of our listeners be interested just on how the international expansion for Beyond has gone. So you came from San Francisco. Had you yes. spent a lot of time in Spain before you moved here? I'd never set foot in Spain. Wow, <laughs> so, wow very impressive. Um, but luckily, I actually have a background in property management. My family runs a property management company based here in Europe. So I grew up in the space. My, you know, my, our customer is my mother. So every every single time I, you know. You're A-B testing. She's, exactly. she's like, quit using me yeah, for yeah, your research. I do. I yeah, do. Before yeah. I started working at Beyond, yeah. I was working for our family business. They have about 300 properties all over Europe. And wow. so I this was a perfect fit because I would talk to a customer and be like, oh my gosh, I know exactly, I've been in your shoes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So the move to Europe to bring Beyond over here was just a natural expansion since I knew European property managers and I also knew Beyond very well. Our expansion has gone great. And I think it's because we take a very thoughtful and hyper-local approach. We didn't just say, okay, we're launching all of Europe at one time. Instead, we said, we're going to take you know a piece by piece approach and just focus on core markets at a time. So we first started in the UK and really figuring out okay for the UK and Ireland you know what do we need to do? Can we dial it in there? We hired revenue managers who knew that market. They launched those markets. We then moved into Spain. Now we're moving into France and Italy. So it's a very thoughtful approach because we want to get it right. You know, sure. Europe's yeah. a very big place, and each yeah. property manager in each country has a unique experience. Um, so, you know, localizing our product into Spanish and French and Italian and Portuguese, those were things that were really important to us. So that's really what we've been focusing on is hiring the right people. You know, we can't replace that human element. And then also making sure the technology, the algorithm side is really dialed in so that we're thoughtful in launching all of these markets. They have to do that. Yep, I mean, yep. they have to be hyper-local. They've got to hire really good people like us <laughs> yeah, to it, be able to put together a strategy that works. And, and I think, you know, People look at the U.S. and the U.S. is, I'd call it a simpler market because we've got a unified language. 
music comes in content of like the Europeans. Exactly. And you've got different languages, different cultures, and within those cultures, within those countries, you have so many different regions and nuances. So you really do have to find the right people to execute well into these markets. Give us some feedback on the Vitor conference since we're all here. What have you seen? What do you see coming out of it? And, and a little bit of the future of vacation rentals in the space. Yeah, Vitor has been good. So this is my fourth conference of the season, fifth conference wow. of the season. Okay. So I've been doing the whole circuit, but this has been the best one thus far. I think people are excited to be out and about. It's been great having good conversations with partners, so our PMS partners, and then also a lot of property managers who are excited to be back out and about talking to people. And I think everyone's just really focused on what's going to happen in 2022. Are people going to be taking domestic vacations or are they going to be traveling across the pond or to a different country? And that's really what we're working with our property managers based here in Europe is, okay, you know, is are people going to be just driving down the road for a vacation in 2022 or are they going to be going somewhere else and figuring out what that's going to be what are you seeing do you have any leading indicators yet because i i gotta imagine i'm going to spend explore is expanding into the uk next year and i'm going to be spending three weeks in early december there and i know for especially in the uk which really didn't have a domestic tourism i mean it had one but that wasn't but you know, now all of a sudden it's boom. Oh yeah. And, and I think that is a big question for them, right? Now Orlando's opening back up, Vegas, you know, the places that the UK goes to a lot. So do you have any leading indicators about what Europe's doing along those lines? Yeah, we've seen some softening in the domestic travel market, particularly in the UK. So, yeah. you know, Cornwall was never more popular in 2021 right, right. or, yeah. you know, Brighton or whatever yeah. it may be. Um, I think this year what we've seen is lead times for bookings have become a lot shorter because people aren't confident. You know, yes, they might be able to travel to Orlando. They might not. You know, the flights could get canceled. The restrictions could change. And so people who really want to take a vacation are still confident. They're booking, you know, Brighton. They're booking Cornwall. And then other people who are willing to take that risk and that gamble are booking, you know, overseas vacations or a different country and hoping they can get over it. But if they don't, you know, they probably book that time off work. They already, you know, have all the family ready to go and so that's where a holiday cottage you know down the road couple works yeah works and they might just pivot and go there instead Um, no like i don't think that's surprising i think in the u.s you know in in the u.s we're going to see it although we you know we're probably you know we don't have as many kind of traveling over to europe you know as europe does coming into the u.s you know, for a lot of our markets. But I think, like, even things like the Caribbean, there's a lot of questions. I mean, people who love Destin, Florida, mm-hmm. you know, but still may say, look, we've been here four years. So like, we got we to gotta get on a plane and go somewhere, yeah. right? Somewhere new. So it, eventually it's going to be tough to comp over the year before. And I think next year we're going to see some yeah. of that. That's interesting. A whole new shift again. A whole, a whole new shift, yeah. <laughs> but as long as you're pacing against the market, that's what matters. Yes, so, yep. Yeah. That's where you got to figure out where yeah. are people. And exactly. then when you start underpacing, then you got to say, okay, you know, maybe it's something else, yeah. right? That helps you value. Is it just, is it us or is it what's going on in a more of a macro level? Exactly, yeah. Don't yeah. focus too much on the year before. You know, we knew we needed to throw out 2020. Yeah. We're don't focus on 2021 instead say okay if my market is doing well and i'm doing well compared to it that's what matters yes and i don't know that you can say you can really count on good stats for 2022 either i think it's going to be interesting because we're going to have to relearn what travelers are doing so yeah it'll be nice i look forward to the day where we at least have a little bit more predictability where the day before 
is or the year before, excuse me, is a little bit more predictive of what's good the next year is going to be. But I agree with you, right? I think we're not we're not there yet. We still need to see what the final, especially for these urban markets. Mm-hmm. I, I think there the, with the question about the business traveler, that that may be a couple years in restrictions. Yeah. That may be a couple of years in the making of how long, you know, where where that finally stems. So It'll be interesting. I think the U.S. market's changed quite a bit, We've, especially to Florida. We've never seen so much drive-to market. Yeah. We're used to now going from, you know, some of your southern, southern states, proximity. We're used to seeing some of the shorter stays now. Yeah. It didn't exist before. So hopefully that, that trend will continue Continu- as well. Yep. Yeah. Well, Tess, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Oh, and and so for our listeners, I I mean, I think they all know, but the easiest way to get in touch with Beyond or learn more about the products you guys have and the services, uh, what would be the best way? Best way, our website's beyondpricing.com. Bunch of emails on there, phone numbers. So just shoot us a line. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of Guest X. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episodes. We are Brian Hamali and Matthew Loney signing off and reminding you to always create a guest experience worth talking about. See you soon.